We are going to be covering a game that originally came in a tiny plastic bag, but now will be released internationally, 12-chip trick. And we're going to be talking about a game that got some hype during Gen Con and I've seen on Instagram all over the place. The game with cute art, but not very cute gameplay, Fika. Just a reminder that if you are listening to this in the month of August, we are still running that promo code to use at travel-games.co.uk to get some of those hard-to-get imports from Japan if you live in the UK and Europe. It is Board Game Dojo 5. Again, I will leave that promo code in the show description. It is good just for the month of August in 2023 in case you are listening to this later. And thank you to those who have gone and subscribed to us on YouTube. The goal is to get to 500 before my birthday in mid-October, so I will also leave a link to the YouTube channel below. It would mean the world to us if you just give us a like and a follow on there, as well as on your favorite podcast player as well. But our self-advertising is not what you are here for, so let's get into the games. And let's actually start with the one I mentioned second earlier. Let's start off with Fika. Fika is a two-player game in which you are looking to build the better cafe. Now, Fika, from my research, is really supposed to be like a state of mind in Sweden, in which is almost essential to make time for Fika every day. You're catching up with friends and colleagues, you're having cake and some coffee, and I cannot think of a theme that is further than the feeling that you have while playing this game. But let me get back to that a little bit later. Each player will be dealt six cards, and you will be only playing five of them to the board in front of you, one at a time. You'll basically count down three, two, one, and simultaneously show the card that you have chosen to play. The person who plays the highest value card will get to put it down on their board first, and the lower value plays it second. Now, this can be very important because on each card, there are two important things, the action and the objective or I really should say the effect in the objective. Let me explain the objective first, because this is how you're actually going to get points. Objectives can be fulfilled by the way that you put things down on your board. So it might be at the end of the round, if you have three sequential numbers, then you get eight coins. Or if you have three of the same suit in a row, then you get seven coins, things like that. Now, this would lead you to believe that the first thing you should do when looking at your hand is planning out how exactly you can make it work. What is the max amount of points that I can get with the six cards in my hand? And I really only get to play five. However, there are also the effects on each card. And the effects are really what changes this game because these effects are take that effects. You are going to be mucking up your opponent's cafe as much as possible. Some of them might do this by being able to swap the positions of two cards in their cafe, or you might be able to swap one of their pastries or coffees from their cafe into the general pool, or switch from a pastry that you have on your side with a pastry that they have on their side. Basically, you are ruining all of their plans. After both players have played five cards each, then you will tally up the points that you have gained from completing your objectives, and whoever scores more wins the round. It's the first to win two rounds that wins. Now, there is one other thing that I want to point out here, and that is the groups that can happen. Because one of the things that you can do with these cards is 
some of the effects allows you to move a group or bring a group out. And these are customers that basically triple one of your objective cards, but double your opponent. So having control of this can be very important. Now, let's actually get to the review of this game. And I think I kind of alluded to the really main thing you have to think about if you're looking to get this game earlier. This game is not peaceful. It is not about sharing a comfy time with your colleagues and seeing how your day is going. This game is mean. And I mean extremely, extremely mean. You are going to be aggravated with the person that is sitting across the table from you. And I don't know what it is about Beth Sobel art that keeps it so that it looks so cute. It looks so inviting. It looks so casual. But then once you actually start playing it, it is nothing but stress. I am looking at you, Calico. But this game is along the same line. I was led to believe that this tiny package of cards, and really it is a tiny package, you could put this in a quiver if you own that accessory. It is so tiny, it's just a little bit bigger than like an oink size box or sea salt and paper, which is a game that we've reviewed before as well. But there is so much brain birdie and so much menace in this small game. It is something that you have to keep in mind when you are approaching this game and thinking about if this one is for you, because this has really no training wheels. There is no way to play this game in which you are not being mean to the other person, unless you're only playing half the game and you're just not doing any of the effects, because it's not just like one card has a take that effect or two cards have that effect. It's every single card will benefit you and hurt your opponent in a very direct way. And because each suit has the same value cards and each value of those cards do the same thing in every suit. So the six in each suit does the same thing. The five in each suit does the same thing. It's not like you're going to have a chance to even not play this in a mean way. So you have to know that going into it. And knowing that, this is also not a game that I would say, hey, like, this is such a rules simple game. There are not many rules to this game. So you would think, hey, look at the art. It's so beautiful. Maybe I can play this like as a family game or as a game after a hard day at work. Or maybe I can teach my kids this game. And it's like, no, 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 no. You are going to get so aggravated playing this game. And I think I've said that a couple of times now. But if that is what you're looking for for this game, then I think you're really going to enjoy it. The rounds that you have in which you can almost shut out your opponent can feel really good when you do have a well laid out plan. Now, I wish that I could say that that happened more often, but oftentimes this has a big thing to do with the cards that you were dealt. You're going to know pretty quickly how well you're going to be able to do that round, just taking a look at what you have. And if you're dealt a really bad hand, you know it pretty quickly too of how bad you are going to lose. Some of these rounds that I have will be something like 27 to 0, and it can be extremely swingy. There have been games in which I was up maybe 10 or 12 to 2 or 12 to 3, and then suddenly the last couple of cards swung in my opponent's way, and they would end up winning 20 to 2 or 20 to 3, and it's just not a great feeling to know that. But if you are somebody who does like that swingy kind of game, who can accept that, hey, that's just going to happen sometimes, you, I again, I do think you're going to enjoy this because rounds of this are really, really quick. I think one round of this can maybe take three, five, seven minutes, something like that. You're going to get this game done with in about 20 minutes. So you're not left with a bad feeling that's going to last very long. But 
Again, I just want you to know that that is the type of game you are getting into because the art and the theme doesn't really make you think that that's what you're going to be doing. And let's just talk about the theme real quick. The theme is cool. I like that I learned about a new cultural practice. I love the art. I love everything about it, except for the fact that it has absolutely nothing to do with the game whatsoever. Why on earth are you making a cultural thing that is supposed to be about feeling good about yourself? Why would you make that a take that game? Is it like this ironic thing or what? I'm not really sure where that's supposed to come in. And I have a feeling that, and actually, I already know that I've looked at Board Game Geek and people, you know, bought it for the art kind of without reading the rules and going, oh, I thought this was going to be a casual game. And it was not. Push down the one value. I'm going to rate this a one. I'm going to rate this a two. I'm going to rate this a three. And it's like, you're just kind of inviting that. I wonder why they chose the Fika idea as the theme for this very, very mean game. Overall, I've said it a bunch. This game is mean. If you like that, you're going to like this game. If you don't like that, you are absolutely not going to like this game. I think it is fine. It doesn't do anything that I super enjoy. It doesn't really do anything that I think is revolutionary. I think it kind of has the concept that I like. It has the ideas that are there. I like individually the take that mechanics that are there by itself. I like the theme by itself. They just don't really work together here. I wish that they were just better integrated because these two-player games are just getting so much harder to compete in for your money. And it doesn't even matter that it's a small box two-player game. There's so many of those as well. I'm left thinking about what I would rather play if I wanted something like this, the something that was brain-burny and felt a little bit mean to my opponent. And I'm left thinking that I think Hanami Koji just holds up a lot better. It's really rules light. Um, it has a little bit of, it's not really take that, it's more I cut, you choose, but it can feel mean because you're left with really, really difficult decisions that your opponents put you in. And I just think that maybe a couple years from now, we are not going to really be talking about Fika anymore, whereas Hanami Koji has proven in years that it has held up, it has had a couple of successful Kickstarters, and I just think that if you're looking for something that is this kind of stressful two-player game, I think Hanami Koji is a much better way to go. And that is Fika, designed by Pieter van Gompel, with art by Beth Sobel, and published by Board Game Circus. The second game we are talking about originally came in a tiny plastic bag, and in fact, that is the version that I have, and that is 12 Chip Trick. So as the name implies, it is a trick taker that only has 12 chips as the components, and these 12 chips are numbered sequentially up to 12. So the way that this game works is it's a very, very, very simple trick taker. It's not a must follow. It's not a may follow. It's just kind of play whatever you want from your hand. So each player will start with two black and two red chips. And on your turn, you are simply going to play one of these four chips out onto the table. Whoever plays the highest one wins the trick. Now, the winner will get first choice as to what chip they want to take, but they will not put it back in their hand. They will put it in their score pile. Everybody else will get to take a chip from the middle that was played and put it back in their hand. So the winner will get the first choice, the second highest will get the next choice, and so on. 
The only caveat being that the red chips must be taken first. So if there's only one red chip on the table that was played, then the winner has to take that one. If there's two, then the winner can choose which one they take, and then the second place gets the other one, and so on. You get the picture. Now, the reason that you are doing this is because the round ends when somebody has won four tricks. You will then evaluate how much everybody's total is from their hand and their score pile. Now, the main objective, the first objective, is to get as close to 21 as possible. The player who is the closest to 21 without going over wins. Now, the second thing is that if everybody goes over, then it's the person with the highest score, meaning that there are a couple of different strategies to go about this game with. There is the objective of maybe making sure you stay under 21, but hopefully not so far under 21 that somebody can beat you, or realizing that there is no way that you can get under 21, so trying to make everybody else go over 21 as well. And that's about everything you need to know about this game with the rules and things. And I think that I wanted to like this game a lot more than I actually did. There is an appreciation for how minimalist this design is. I mean, designing a game that only has 12 chips, and really that means just like 12 cards, is really interesting in concept. It is probably really, really hard to design a game that is this solid, that feels fun for a little bit of time, with such a small amount of components. And yet, I am left thinking how actually, besides the components themselves, how kind of forgettable this actually feels. And that sounds harsh, but I just kind of want to explain myself a little bit. First of all, I'm always left feeling like this game overstays its welcome just a little bit. And maybe that's because I kind of find myself getting bored a little bit partway through the game. And I know I'm sounding like really harsh on this game and really mean at this game, and I don't mean it that way. But with all of the trick takers that are coming out these days, there is a sense of entertainment that I get and something to think about with these other games. Lamb Dice gave me betting and trying not to win as many dice as I can and trying to maybe roll and push my luck and things like that. Uh, Take the A chord had me trying to change the dominant chord and set myself up, so I was thinking ahead in that way. Games that we've talked about, like Cauldron 15, are all about busting and things like that, and maybe making my friends bust. There's something to keep me entertained, something that keeps it fun in a way. And this doesn't doesn't really have anything like that. And I don't really think that that's the point of this game. It seems almost like a concept that was published. I think it is a cool experiment. It feels like those Oink games that we talked about in our episode on Oink games, where it's more like, what can we do? Can we do it? It was like a self-challenge of, can I design a game that is pretty good with only 12 components? In which case, in this instance, Yes, you did. But I left myself qualifying it every time I'm thinking about if I want to play this game or not. It's fun. And if you asked me to say, is it fun? My answer would be, yeah, for a game that only has 12 cards. But then you say, oh, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Is this fun? Um, I don't really think so. Because there are such few components, it really focuses on what the core 
mechanisms are. And because those core mechanisms are nothing extremely special or anything that's really new, yes, it can be fun to get as close to 21 as possible, but there is a bit of tracking that is involved. And so if tracking is your thing, and that is like making sure you're keeping track of who has played what, and because when you take a chip, that'll be face up. So you have a mix of face up and face down chips. I know I just probably like threw in a bunch of uh, new information at you. But if you like to keep track of, okay, that person has an 11 in front of them. And so I know that there's not another 11 on the board. If that sort of thing is good for you, then yes, this core mechanism is going to be interesting. But if you're not somebody like that, there is just nothing here that is really going to attract you to this game. You are going to find that this game has one note. It feels very, very samey, very, very quickly. And because the game goes until somebody wins three rounds, you might be doing that same thing over and over again for longer than you really want to. And that's where I get to the conclusion of who would this be for and who is this not for. And I would say to you that I recommend this for people who are already into trick takers, who know that they like that kind of game, but at the same time, I cannot recommend it to most people because there are just so many good trick takers out there. There's so many great trick takers out there that do something interesting, that do something entertaining, that I don't have to qualify with saying this is a fun game for a game that has such few components. So if you already know you like trick taking, you want to see what a minimalist design looks like, this is going to be up your alley. But if you're trying to introduce trick taking to new people, I would say this is a pass. And that is 12 chip trick designed by Ruto and art by Chong. And the new version will be published by Mandu Games. Well, that is going to do it for today. Sorry, we kind of went from having an episode of three games that we really recommend and we really had fun with to two that we thought were just kind of okay. Well, I guess that is board game life, isn't it? You win some and you lose some, unless you're me in which you mostly just lose. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, if you would don't mind, please, please, please go and subscribe to us either on YouTube or on your podcast player of choice or both. That would be really, really cool. My birthday is in mid-October and the goal is to get to 500 by that point. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us today. Arigatou gozaimasu. Until next time, jane. 